0: Tonight, the rain stops and the costly cleanup begins.
1: You're not going to be able to get into your homes for at least a couple of three weeks.
0: A vital route reopens, but new landslides. Mud and water and rocks. Leave some homeless and cut off. Plus, other provinces expand their COVID booster programs to younger age groups. This is a call to arms for those age groups. Will BC do the same? Uh The new procedure 911 police fire ambulance to speed up 911 response times. But the union and some operators say it
2: is a worst case scenario. It's the thing that nightmares are made of.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
0: Good evening, I'm Colleen Christie. Chris and Sophie are off tonight. After more than two weeks of mayhem and three atmospheric rivers that pummeled the province, relief today in the form of blue skies. And while there is some good news, worries aren't over for others. We begin tonight with Kamal Karamali, who is live in Abbotsford, with more on that good news.
4: Colleen, we have mounds of good news. Quite literally you know at this sandbagging lot earlier this week volunteers couldn't fill sandbags quickly enough people were coming in and scooping them out by the dozens but now look at this you have mounds and mounds of leftover sandbags that stretch right up to the end of this parking lot speaking to the lack of need of sandbags right now and some more good news highway one is now open between abbotsford and chilliwack after days of devastating floods This water flow is actually a welcome one. It was on Sunday, military crews filled up a massive Tiger Dam with gallons of water and placed it across Highway 1 to prevent further flooding. Now it's coming down. Seeing this come down is actually uh, quite a happy moment. It means that uh, we're uh, on track with the recovery efforts. Allowing the flow of traffic between Abbotsford and Chilliwack to return to normal. But there's nothing normal about the daunting task at hand for hundreds of Abbotsford residents. The cleanup has just begun. The whole bottom four feet of the house,
1: we stripped it out, got all the drywall off, the insulation off.
4: Ian Minen's entire basement was flooded. His wasn't the only one.
1: A lot of crews going around stripping out people's houses, getting, the, getting it out before it all starts to, uh, to mold and stuff like that. So
4: um, yeah, it's a great community. It's been far from a sweeping victory against the storms. There have been some losses. The toughest part was all the trucks, you know, draining the oils, fixing the transmissions. Plenty of debris. I don't know where this came from. (laughs) Much of it flowing over from the U.S. side of the border. There was tires, firewood kids' toys. Although most of the Fraser Valley is trying to dry out, there are parts still in the thick of it. The larger evacuation order remains in place throughout Sumas Prairie. The city of Abbotsford says since the storms ended, the water levels in the Sumas Lake bottom have dropped 18 centimeters. But there's still a lot of work to be done, with more than one and a half meters of water
1: remaining at its deepest point. People who are affected in that area, you're not going to be able to get into your homes for at least a couple of three weeks.
4: Dry weather will help pump that water out faster, so a glimmer of hope that there are sunnier days ahead. As for what the Canadian Armed Forces will do now, we've been told that the soldiers aren't leaving the Fraser Valley just yet because there still may be work that needs to be done. So right now, it is a wait-and-see approach until the province tells them uh, if they're needed in action again. Colleen, back over to you.
0: All right, Kamal, thank you. Now, that third atmospheric river may have passed, but not everyone is breathing easier. New video from Global One shows heavy equipment working to shore up riverbanks and clean up debris In hope. The town's mayor says his community isn't out of the woods yet because of the amount of upstream snow that's melting, adding to the volume of the Coquihalla River. More than 100 homes along the river are on evacuation alert, and still plenty of work to do on the Coquihalla Highway. These pictures show both the Coke and Othello Road along with access to the Othello tunnels completely washed out east of Hope. The Coquihalla is damaged in at least 20 spots. The government has said it may reopen to commercial traffic by the end of January. To Mission Now, where the situation for a number of homeowners went from bad to worse overnight when the saturated ground gave way, causing a landslide. That's where we find Amadi Gahi. I've seen the pictures. It's amazing nobody was hurt.
5: Yeah, and that is because luckily and by chance, the three people living in this home that we're about to show you at the time of the landslide were away. And let's go straight to those pictures you mentioned because they are quite dramatic. Now, the homeowner, who's obviously shaken up by the situation, told me this happened yesterday morning at around 11 in a rural area in Mission Silverdale community. The exact cause is anyone's guess, but certainly related to uh, and uh, this aftermath of all the rain we've had in the last few weeks, the home- Homeowner estimated 15 tons of dirt and tree uh, branches and debris giving away, uh, falling from a sloped driveway that circles down to his home and a few other properties too. Oh, just look at the damage, it's it's frightening to see the tree trunks uh, penetrating the walls. The dirt we're told has poured halfway uh, into the home's living room. It is a terrible situation for the homeowner who along with a couple other families are on evacuation order from their property. Uh, you'll hear now from one of the people affected here, a neighbor of uh, this home also under evacuation
1: came home yesterday and uh, there was fire trucks, police cars and they had the road blocked off and uh, once we got close, my house is down below, this is the access road to it, There's actually four houses down there and uh, the bank gave way and it was uh, from all of the rainstorms that we've had. Yeah, they shut off the gas yesterday, the power was taken out by the trees when they went down. Uh, waiting for Hydro to come and say whether we can uh, be hooked up to power and then we'll just have to hoof it up to our place down below.
5: Again, we've had conversations with the homeowner who told us they've been living here for about six to seven years. Always understood they lived at the bottom of a hillside, but no one could imagine something like this happening. He said they have insurance. They're hoping that helps. But as you can see, this is a reminder that the damage from the storms we've experienced the last few weeks may not be over yet. And I forgot to mention earlier, at the time of the landslide, there were two dogs inside the home. They're okay. Unfortunately, a cat is still missing.
0: Thank you so much for that, just horrible. A sigh of relief in Princeton. The town has been spared from flooding from the third atmospheric river in two weeks. The Tulamine River rose three meters in the past 24 hours, but the dikes held, prompting the mayor to say the community has dodged a bullet. Princeton is still struggling to recover from severe flooding last week. East of town, floodwaters from the Similkameen River covered Highway 3, forcing the roads closure and diverting essential traffic along Highway 5A. In times of crisis, British Columbians really step up. Global BC, 980 CKNW, AM730 and Global Okanagan are partnering for BC Together in support of BC Flood Relief. Visit globalnews.ca slash bctogether to check out the groups who are helping out and to donate to an organization of your choice. Another change in the weather is coming from rain warnings now to snow warnings. A special weather statement has been issued about potential snow. Senior meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with the details on when and where. Christy, this is not good news. (laughs)
6: No, but the key word, Colleen, is potential or possibility. As always, for snow events across the south coast, temperature just fluctuates a tad and you go from complete rain to complete snow or vice versa. Here's a look at the regions under a special weather statement. So it includes Metro Vancouver, in particular higher elevation regions, Fraser Valley, Howe Sound, and from Greater Victoria up towards Nanaimo, especially the Malahat area. Again, this is a heads up for Friday night into Saturday morning. Uh, There is a chance that some areas may just see rain or not much at all. So we'll give you more details tomorrow. We really urge everyone to uh, tune back in tomorrow and we'll have more details. All right, thanks,
0: Christy. Staff shortages and wait times for BC emergency health services are well-documented and dangerous. Well, now the people who answer 911 calls have been instructed to hang up on callers in order to uh, answer more calls why their union is stunned by the move in just over a minute. Still to come, the selfless heroes flying out supplies to B.C.'s flood-stranded communities. And how do sea lions hold their breath for up to 16 minutes? UBC researchers are finding out those stories later on the News Hour. Well, the temporary solution to the ongoing problem of delays when calling 911 and particularly in getting an ambulance is not going over well with 911 dispatchers. They say that changes will leave some people going through the worst time of their lives all on their own. John Wall reports.
7: It's probably the last thing you want to hear after someone picks up the phone and says this
8: 911, please fire ambulance.
7: If your answer is ambulance, you might soon be greeted with an automated voice saying, please hold. It is a
2: worst case scenario. It's the thing that nightmares are made of.
7: The union representing 911 operators said it was stunned to learn of Ecom's stopgap solution. <laughs> to address lengthy transfer times to BC Ambulance.
2: As soon as you press those three numbers, you should be taken care of. And right now, there's now a gap in that system.
7: When a caller calls 911, the Ecom operator will stay on the line with them until they're connected with fire dispatch. The same goes for connecting the caller with police. But now when Ecom connects a caller to BC Ambulance, if the situation meets the right criteria, that caller will be left to wait alone in a hold queue. Until ambulance dispatch picks up, but that frees up the ECOM operator to take the next 911 call.
8: We've had extreme cases of 20 or 30 minutes until the ambulance call taker could connect to the call.
7: If the situation of someone left on hold quickly deteriorates, the advice: hang up and call 911 again.
2: We aren't there just to pass someone off to another hold queue. We're there to make sure that you get the help that you need.
7: There will be a priority line to BC Ambulance for critical cases. And in the end, who gets put on hold is up to the 911 dispatcher's discretion.
8: I have every confidence that the way they're trained, the experience they have, they will do the right thing.
7: Ecom and the union both agree this far from perfect solution doesn't address the need for more staffing and a complete system overhaul.
9: And what we need to do is significantly increase... Uh, uh, our ambulance service again as we have been for three years because we're getting
7: a lot more serious calls. It was stressed this latest move is only a temporary measure but for how long?
8: I wish I could answer that question myself. I would feel much better myself if I could.
7: The emergency dispatch system in such a crisis even Ecom's top boss is on hold for an answer. John Hua, Global News.
0: Up next, even more stress this holiday season. Canadian shoppers, uh, including those in BC, are really finding themselves not only out of stock, but out of time. The findings of a new survey and why so many shoppers are anxious, plus new cross-border COVID testing requirements and growing concerns about the progress of BC's COVID booster program.
10: Good evening, crews are on scene to a multi-vehicle accident here in Vancouver, westbound on Broadway between Nanaimo and Victoria Drive. Two of the available three lanes are completely blocked off for now. Planning a trip with BCAA Travel Insurance, you get free COVID-19 medical coverage and worldwide virtual care from BC's top choice. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a crash in Vancouver.
0: With all that's going on in the world, a new poll confirms what you may already be thinking. Christmas is going to be very different this year. As Catherine Urquhart reports, people say they're feeling more stressed, and that's impacting their holiday shopping.
11: Thank you for
2: supporting a small shop. Absolutely.
0: Holiday shoppers are busy. Christmas
10: is only about three weeks away. Many got started early. Much
2: earlier. We started uh, giving out gift boxes in October. Yeah, yeah, it's much, much earlier. October and November, so far, December, have been like pre COVID
10: rushes. Early gift buying has been happening a lot, according to the Angus Reed Institute.
12: We're already finding that three in ten, nearly one third of shoppers uh, are telling us they've already started their, their holiday shopping.
10: Also, many of us are anxious. of British Columbians say this year feels more stressful than previous years, second only to Alberta at 64%. Nationwide, 53% of Canadians feel that way.
12: Already we're finding that uh, shoppers who are trying to purchase holiday gifts online or who are going into bricks and mortar stores are reporting having problems finding what they're looking for. Those findings certainly echoed by shoppers. Unfortunately, It is, stock-wise, I can't
0: find whatever I'm looking for. Well, stores haven't got what you're looking for.
10: Some are managing to keep this COVID Christmas in stride. And also
13: just keeping expectations lower this year.
10: And many retailers are simply grateful. Our customers have saved my business.
2: Uh, A year ago, it was looking uh, rather dismal. But today, I must say, we're encouraged.
0: Katherine Urquhart,
10: Global News.
0: With many traditional holiday items delayed due to supply chain disruptions, gift cards are expected to be a popular option this Christmas. Consumer Matters reporter Andrea
14: has more on what you need to watch out for when choosing gift cards. And thanks, Colleen. Consumer Protection BC is responsible for regulating the laws around gift cards in our province. When it comes to fees and expiry dates, most gift cards are not allowed to expire or charge fees, but there are some exceptions. Gift cards and and certificates are considered prepaid purchase cards written certificates or vouchers with monetary values that are sold in exchange for the future supply of goods or services. Extra fees can be charged for some services, including personalizing a card, replacing a lost or stolen card, and mall cards for use at multiple unrelated businesses. By law, mall card vendors are required to inform you of any extra fees. They can charge an up to $1.50 service fee at the time of purchase if the card is not used within 15 months, a monthly service charge or post-purchase fee of no more than $2.50 per month can be applied to the remaining balance. Gift cards for a specific dollar amount, like $50 to a spa, are not allowed to expire, but expiry dates are allowed on gift certificates for a specific good or service, for example, a manicure, or on cards sold at a discount during a business promotion or at auction, and if the card was sold for charitable purposes.
0: Most businesses know the rules when it comes to gift cards, but every once in a while, um, there might be one who isn't aware, uh, you know, around expiry dates. So if you find that your gift card has an expiry date when you believe that it shouldn't, we actually have a form on our website that you can send to the business to inform them about what the law says and get them to change that expiry date. And if you're still having a problem, then come see us.
14: Now, while gift cards are a good way to support local businesses, choose your retailers carefully. There's not a lot of recourse if a business closes and you're stuck with an unused balance. If it's a bankruptcy, you can apply with the trustee to be put on a list of debtors, but it's often a lengthy process. Prepaid gift cards issued by financial institutions, for example, prepaid Visa cards, are federally regulated. The banks that issue them may not set an expiry date on the funds loaded onto them, but the product itself can have an expiry date. There may also be a fee to transfer the balance and to issue a new card. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can reach me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca.
0: I always forget I have gift cards, Anne. <gasps> Me too. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> the brand new COVID testing rules you'll need to know about if you're heading south. Plus, other provinces are speeding up their COVID booster programs. Is BC lagging behind? And excitement, a sign of pandemic recovery for Victoria.
15: Working is one to connect our province. B.C. Together, in support of B.C. Flood Relief. Visit globalnews.ca slash bctogether to learn where and how you can help today.
1: Traffic is
10: busy here southbound on Highway 99 from Delta into South Surrey due to what looks like a crash here, and it looks like the far right lane is blocked. Traffic is slow on the approach from north of the 91. Through Kermak Cares for Kids, expert repair for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. When you choose Kermak, you choose to support BC Children's Hospital. Kermak Cares for Kids. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a crash on the Surrey-Delta border.
0: Just ahead of Christmas, a major blow for a community, the community of Powell River. The city's main employer has announced it's shutting down its paper mill indefinitely. But as Ted Chernecki reports, the city isn't giving up and has a new venture in its sights.
3: At one time, the Powell River paper mill was the biggest in the world. But it's been a struggle to keep it going for almost 10 years. And now the company is shutting it down, probably permanently. While demand worldwide for paper has been diminishing, certain products have been hit harder than
11: others. And we were basically a newsprint mill. So our, we haven't had the capital that we needed to stay um, relevant.
3: And we all know what's happened to the newspaper in an online world. It's the end of an era. The Powell River Pulp Bill in 1912 was the first newsprint sold from Western Canada. One in every 25 newspapers worldwide printed their stories on paper from Powell River. Pre-pandemic, it contributed half a billion dollars to the local economy, according to the parent company, Paper Excellence. It paid $3.3 million in property taxes annually and had 360 full-time employees. The news release says 206 jobs are lost, though the mayor says it's closer to 420 because the mill didn't reopen fully later in the pandemic.
11: They started up one machine with the hopes of also starting up the second machine. So it's really 420 employees that uh, we're grieving for.
3: But what's old can be renewed again, as in Renewable Hydrogen Canada, a Victoria-based company that's been in serious negotiations for the past 18 months to take over at least part of the site.
11: The mill site has a lot of tools in its toolbox. We've got clean energy, two hydro dams feeding it, power boilers uh, feeding it, and um, a deep sea port, lots of fresh water, A big footprint on the ocean. It
3: takes a lot of energy to make hydrogen and Powell River has it in gigawatts. The plan would be to power ocean-going vessels with hydrogen. The ships themselves will be full of hydrogen for export. But the seeds to grow a greener economy start with clean energy.
11: So a clean site, clean energy, going into creating clean fuel.
3: There's nothing in writing yet, and the mayor is urging all players, be it the parent company, the province, and potential investors, to step forward now before his suddenly unemployed workforce packs up and leaves. Ted Chirnay, Global News.
0: Turning to COVID-19 in our province, we have 368 new cases and 3,020 active cases. 284 people are in hospital. 97 of those patients are in the ICU there have been five more deaths from COVID complications, including two people in their 50s. And 87.9% of British Columbians 12 and older are now fully vaccinated. An important travel note, if you're flying to the U.S., President Joe Biden is changing the 72-hour COVID testing window for fully vaccinated travelers.
16: Announcing today that all inbound international travelers must test within one day of departure, regardless of their vaccination status or nationality. This tighter testing timetable provides an added degree of protection as scientists continue to study the Omicron variant.
0: The new travel requirement is part of a string of measures aimed at slowing the spread of the highly mutated Omicron variant. To reiterate, that means if you're flying to the U.S., You now need to get tested no later than 24 hours before departure. At this point, there are no changes to land border travel requirements. Alberta and now Ontario are accelerating their COVID booster shot programs, taking bookings for younger people as early as next week. But that's not the case in B.C., where many seniors have yet to get their third shot. And it's creating some concern, especially with the threat of the new Omicron variant spreading. Richard Zussman brings us the latest on B.C.'s strategy.
15: The United States is encouraging everyone to get COVID boosters. Now, Ontario is fast-tracking the shots, so is Alberta. The push now for BC to do the same.
10: Suddenly, we know that there is uh, another variant at play uh, in British Columbia and around the world. And I think that if there's an opportunity to move ahead with an expedited booster shot program, it gives people that
7: sense of confidence.
15: The arrival of Omicron has heightened anxiety. In Ontario, those 50-plus can get a booster six months after a second shot. Right now in BC, those 70-plus are only eligible for a booster six months after their second shot, while most people younger need to wait eight months. BC insists they are moving with urgency.
9: Six months ago today, there were 208,000 second doses. Today, there have been 453,000 Third doses in BC.
15: BC's challenges earlier this year around vaccine were all about a lack of supply and putting in place clinics. Neither of those issues exist now for boosters, leading experts to wonder what's taking BC so long to boost the boosters.
4: My confusion is even greater given that um, the United States has gone whole hog on the booster program and public health in the United States seems to be sounding a different message than us.
15: Dr. Anthony Fauci urging Americans to get a booster and enjoy Christmas. While on BC, no guarantee everyone who wants one will be offered a booster by the end of this month. We
9: expect the National Advisory Committee on Immunization to support that. Six to eight months, at least six months, and that's what we're following.
15: But with the virus changing and worries growing, policies could be changing too. The National Advisory Committee on Immunization expecting to produce booster guidance as early as Friday. Virtues Usman, Global News, Victoria.
0: The cruise ship schedule has been released for Victoria for next year, and it looks like business will be good. And while that's welcome news for the city's businesses, Kylie Stanton tells us why they're only cautiously optimistic.
13: I've got to rearrange everything. This doesn't belong here. And closed for nearly two years. It was a huge hit for us. The clock is finally ticking. And it's only three months, really, that I, that I have to do this. So, In that time, Simone Kearney plans to get the Beaver gift shop up and running again, ready to welcome cruise ship passengers back to Victoria. It's big. It's, there's a lot of ships potentially coming in. Thank you. The Greater Victoria Harbour Authority announcing a draft schedule for the 2022 season that officially gets underway on April 6th of next year. A record-setting 350 ship calls, an estimated 759,000 passengers. The numbers expected to come close or equivalent to 2019. I
11: think that's a great start coming off of two years of no ships and no calls and no passengers to come back to 2019 numbers. It's a great step and we'll take that.
13: Since the industry shut down back in March of 2020, a lot has changed. An amendment was made to the Passenger Vessel Services Act, allowing U.S. cruise ships to bypass the closed Canadian ports, instead making consecutive U.S. stops, sparking fears it would become Common practice.
11: I think by Canada opening up its uh, borders to cruise, uh, you know, that's going to throw some cold water on the issue. But we're not out of the woods and we've got to continue to monitor that, and we are.
13: Other variables, of course, are variants. And while health and safety measures have proven to be successful in more than 30 different countries, Canada's policies are still in the works.
11: Cruise line operators are closely watching and waiting to see exactly what those rules will be. Because uh, it could have a significant impact on their ability to operate, depending on what those rules are.
13: When I get to open those doors, that'll be amazing. As for Kearney, she's had enough of the what-ifs and instead is only focusing on moving forward. I can't even tell you in words how happy I am about it. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
0: They are the high-flying heroes of the flood.
1: It just makes everything worth it. Like it's just, okay, let's next one. Let's go get the next one.
0: BC pilots going above and beyond to get supplies to those left stranded. And UBC researchers are discovering how sea lions can stay submerged for so long.
9: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
0: The flooding exposed the important role general aviation can play in a disaster. Before the armed forces could get here, before help could arrive on the ground, a small army of pilots, private pilots in small planes and helicopters, jumped into action. Nitu Garcha has the story.
11: The red, what is that? The red and the green, what's that Coats, way? coats.
8: Those coats. are just coats.
12: Managing the weight and balance on each aircraft with the needs of cut-off communities, private pilots in B.C. are still stepping up. They're along with hundreds of volunteers to prepare dozens of daily flights full of essential goods. To towns and indigenous groups who remain isolated.
1: They're totally cut off. If I was in that community, I would hope that someone that was in my position was looking after me.
12: Sean Heaps of the West Coast Pilot Club in Langley is helping to coordinate the donation drop-offs and rescues like this couple near Spence's Bridge.
1: The channel that we had to leave because the road just gave away so we got no horses out. Helicopters flying by and just saw people out just there so they stopped and they were like, "Savior." And that's, what, and that's what we're all about.
12: I don't feel like publishing happy-go-lucky content. This new YouTube video highlighting the effort.
15: We're going to run the full length of Highway 8 and show,
17: show everybody those properties.
12: And encouraging people to donate. But Heaps wants to see a more sustainable solution to helping those hardest hit by extreme weather events.
1: The United States have had a program called the Civil Air Patrol since the 40s. I'm very surprised that we don't have anything like this in Canada. I, I want to push that through Parliament and get that adopted, so it's funded by the federal government.
5: West Coast Pilot Club and all gurdwaras and temples and mosques and uh, even Jewish community. We want a one platform.
12: A platform Tracy Fawcett wants to be a part of after being rescued herself following the
13: first landslide near Hope. I would love to give back to the people that like did something for me without even knowing me kind of thing. (laughs) My faith in humanity has been restored. Like people are so kind and generous.
1: It just melts your heart. Like it just makes everything worth it. Like it's just okay. let's next one. Let's go get the next one.
12: And he says while the worst of the storms may be behind us, dealing with the aftermath is part of a long road ahead, and the work of these pilots is likely to continue
0: into the new year. Nitu Global News, Langley. Christie is here now, and uh, Christy, you could see the blue sky in that story there, but another big temperature change is coming.
6: Yeah, so we've already seen the temperatures plummet today compared to the record-breaking conditions we saw yesterday, Colleen, and we'll continue to see that into tomorrow. That's why we have the possibility of snow. So here's a look. So we're talking about a dry day tomorrow. It's tomorrow night into Saturday morning that we have a little pulse of moisture, not a ton, but a little bit. So here's a look at the forecast forecast for now. Keep in mind, there's a lot of uncertainty around snowfall across the south coast, but the major part of this really will likely be a house sound and out through the Fraser Valley and then higher elevations. So the Malahad out towards Port Alberni, that uh, Highway 4 over towards uh, the uh, Tofino area. But here's the timeline. So evening hours will likely see rain develop. It will transition to snow or wet snow overnight. There is still a chance lower elevation regions could see some snow or wet snow We'll watch to see how things transpire tomorrow. Tomorrow on Saturday morning, though, things start to usher out. There still could be some lingering flurries through the Fraser Valley, and that's one of the reasons why they could see a little bit more. Big drop in temperature in through the interior regions as well. Here's how much snow you could see Friday night. So minimal amounts, but still a little bit of a blast of snow. And for the most part, it's uh, northern regions and north coast regions that could see snow uh, tonight, but otherwise tomorrow a dry day. It's not until tomorrow night that we'll start to see that next bout of rainfall push in. And then the key thing also I wanted to mention is that Sunday night into Monday, that has a, actually a greater signature for snow possibility here across the south coast. So stay tuned over the weekend. This was Haida Gwaii this morning. Beautiful snow in that region. Stunning.
0: Lovely. Thanks so much, Christy. Mm-hmm. It's no secret sea lions can hold their breath underwater for a long time, up to 16 minutes. Well, now researchers at UBC are helping to discover just how they do it. As Paul Johnson reports, marine mammal researchers turn to human technology to help solve the riddle.
9: Meet Sitka, a 24-year-old, 400-pound stellar sea lion who's lived most of her life in the Vancouver Aquarium and beyond delighting and helping to educate visitors, can now add a new credit to her resume, subject in some groundbreaking science.
14: Marine mammals have always fascinated me by their ability to hold their breath while they're underwater.
9: If you've ever tried it, you know how hard it is for a mammal to hold its breath underwater. Stellar sea lions can go for as long as 16 minutes without getting a breath. UBC marine mammal researcher Rhea Storland wanted to better understand how they do it.
14: What I was really interested in is how do their hearts help them to do that? And that's something that we just didn't have the answers to.
9: So with help from the staff at the Vancouver Aquarium and eight female sea lions there, the males were just too big and too unruly. Storland was able to take heart monitoring equipment normally used on people and start collecting data about sea lion hearts.
14: This work would be very difficult to accomplish in the wild.
9: While they were under an anesthetic, Storland was able to collect ECG and ultrasound data about their heart function. The work was so interesting that some human heart doctors even came down to check it out. After three years, Storland was able to add some important new findings to science.
14: Marine mammals, yes, their heart works the same way, their heartbeat works the same way as a human's, However, the timing is a little bit different. And that's something that we didn't know before.
9: Storland's work has now been published in two scientific journals this year. In the future, she hopes to use attachable sensors, kind of like a sea lion Fitbit, to gather more data about them as they're swimming. For Sitka, the world of science thanks you for helping to advance human knowledge. Bye <laughs> Thank in Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News.
8: Nice. That sea that line sounded like my father after Thanksgiving dinner there. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Yes, exactly. No kidding. Uh, our old friend Jason Beck from the BC Sports Hall of Fame sent this to me today to remind us all that December 2nd means something in BC sports history. Can you guess what happened 52 years ago today? Well, that happened. The Vancouver Canucks were given an NHL franchise, which started play in 1970. That's, of course, a headline from the Vancouver Sun. After years of trying, we got in the NHL along with the Buffalo Sabres.
0: Wow, looking forward to that. And how the uh, attack on Pearl Harbor, believe it or not, led to the creation of a remote island base off our west coast. Stay with us. All right, Squire's here now, and Squire, I have to say, I am jumping on the bandwagon. Are you now? Yes, I am.
8: All right, don't hurt your legs <laughs> when you want to jump off. Try not to, right. and
0: I'll likely jump off too. Yeah,
8: see, <laughs> don't, that's when you get hurt. <laughs> the uh, optimistic Canucks fan would say things are looking up. They are on a two-game winning streak. Of course, the pessimistic Canucks fan would say, well, they beat two teams worse than them in the standings. Both are actually true. Uh, we won't know where the Canucks really are at until they play Saturday against the Penguins. But one thing we did see last night in that win over Ottawa was a great lone wolf goal for JT Miller. Yes, it was Ottawa. Yes, it was on the power play, but I don't care. He did it all himself. Look at him. Through Senators. And then the last move on Gustafson. It is worth another look. For all the tough things Canuck fans have had to endure lately, there, there's something nice. The uh, Seattle Seahawks are about as far from a playoff spot right now as we are from Alpha Centauri. And the big reason is an offense that can't move the ball very much and also an offense that's very unimaginative. There are dudes playing Madden with more innovation than Seattle has shown with the offense. Of course, Russell Wilson, he might not be right either. Wilson,
17: what well, sorts of time. season for seattle
16: the seahawks sixth loss in seven games has them second last in the nfc with a three and eight record and a less than one percent chance to make the playoffs only an eternal optimist would think they have any chance to win their final six games just to possibly sneak into the wild card but two of the biggest optimists in the nfl are russell wilson and pete carroll and the head coach isn't giving up on this season quite yet
17: no, no, no. We're doing everything we can, just like we know how to, to, to win every game, with the guys that that have you know, done the work to, you know, to put us in in the best position to give us that chance. That's that's what we're doing.
16: The Seahawks' offense has sputtered horribly since Russell Wilson hurt his finger, and even since he's come back, they have no running game with Chris Carson out for the season. So they brought in veteran Adrian Peterson, who just got released by the Titans last week.
1: And Adrian is into the end zone.
2: You know, I love the game. I feel like I can still compete at a high level,
17: um, you know, just have an opportunity to um, to help teams, um, you know, to inspire guys. He plays just as aggressive and tough as he ever has, and, and uh, um, so I'm anxious to see what he adds to the club, you know, and, and uh, he's, he's fired up about it too. So I'm excited as probably you guys are just to see what he looks like, you know, playing in our uniform and, and doing something for us. So we'll see how it goes. But as always, the Seahawks success
16: really depends on Wilson, and he hasn't been himself since returning a couple of weeks ago, missing throws he used to make in his sleep. But, you know, positive.
1: You know,
17: I, I, can, I can throw it. You know, I'm, I feel great. You know, I, I'm, uh, I feel great. You know, I think at the end of the day, um, what, I'm, what I'm focused on is just playing the next play. You know, I'm not, that's, that stuff's gone, guys. That stuff's gone. It's out. It's out. It's already gone. They're easily corrected. You know, easily corrected. He feels great. He does not feel like he's uh, he's burdened by you know by the, the surgery from the past and all that. He's ready to go. This is at uh,
8: Beaver Creek, Colorado today, World Cup Super G, and that's Broderick Thompson of North Vancouver, whose sister Mariel Thompson is a gold medalist in the Olympics in ski cross today. He got his first ever podium finish. Third place, point nine five seconds behind Marco Odermat of Switzerland who won the gold medal. But for Thompson, that's the first time he's got to stand on the podium and he gets a bronze. Well, here's something strange. In the last month, baseball teams have spent around $1.6 billion on free agent contracts. And then last night, they locked out the players in an argument over money. There are numerous issues here, but the big one is a union would like free agency to start earlier in a player's career. Right now you have to have played six years to be eligible. The commissioner said that would hurt small market teams.
16: Shortening the period of time that they control players makes it even harder for them to compete. It's also bad for fans in those markets. The most negative reaction we have is when a player leaves via free agency it, it, we don't see that making it earlier available earlier we don't see that as a positive
8: it's the bahamas it's the hero world challenge that's tiger woods's tournament where is tiger let's find out there he is hitting some shots with the fairway medal trying to get the leg back in shape maybe one day he'll play a PGA event again we'd like to see that here's Rory McIlroy, his good friend chipping in for Eagle in the short par 4 14th. he's in a three-way tie for the lead at 6-under it's a 20-man field no Canadians were invited what's he got against us, Tiger Woods? come on
17: well,
8: all right, Manchester United, Arsenal EPL today, second half tie 1-1, Cristiano Ronaldo that makes it 2-1 for Manu. Arsenal tied it. Then there was a penalty. And it's him again. Ronaldo right down the middle. Goalie guessed one way. He didn't have to guess. He could have just stood right there. Ronaldo knew he was moving. Man United wins it. Three. To
0: there you go. I have two Arsenal fans in my life. Really? Both will be very disappointed at that. Oh, one. I'm sorry to have ruined their day. Thank you. All right. Next, how the attack on Pearl Harbor eight decades ago changed a remote West Coast island. We'll have that for you next. it's been 80 years since the attack on Pearl Harbor set off a chain of events in the Second World War, but it had another impact very close to home. That attack in Hawaii led to increased security along the West Coast, as Jay Durant tells us in tonight's This is BC.
3: December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy.
2: This year marks the 80th anniversary of Japan's attack on Pearl Harbour, an event that put defences along North America's west coast on high alert, including here on tiny York Island in Johnston Strait, a site the Canadian military had picked as a good location for coastal defence before the outbreak of the Second World War.
13: That made the war suddenly seem real, because people on the west coast of Canada hadn't felt Um, the significance of the war. Suddenly, the western side of the country felt very vulnerable.
2: Construction on this coastal defense site began in 1937, and during the war, York Island became home for about 200 military personnel. Docks were constructed, guns mounted, and searchlights installed to help fortify BC's coast.
13: They had an expert come in coastal defense, come from Britain. He thought York Island was a good location uh, because it's north of Vancouver. Japanese planes that might be um, en route over the north end of Vancouver Island heading towards Vancouver could be intercepted. So this
10: is my dad here in the middle.
2: Claudette Schulte's father was stationed there. There were some long days isolated on this remote island.
10: He told me about... Um, them having a a ball diamond. So they played baseball there. Other than that, I don't remember him talking about other other activities.
13: These are stairs leading up
10: to the officers' quarters.
2: Nature has reclaimed a lot of the site, but some structures still remain. A reminder of a time filled with so much tension when BC faced uncertainty about potential attacks during the Second World War.
10: There was that sense that it could happen. And so I think that there was fear, you know, and there was some trepidation that they could be in danger and that they might have a role to play.
2: Jay Durant, Global News.
0: If you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to B.C., email your ideas to j at thisisbc at globalnews.ca.
6: All right, Christy is here with one last look at the forecast, Christy. Thanks, Colleen. So uh, tomorrow's looking dry, but tomorrow night into Saturday morning, we do have a slight chance of seeing some snow across the region. Keep in mind, it's mainly over higher elevations, and it's minimal amounts for this one. The more serious one could be Sunday night into Monday, but that one is still days away. This is just a heads up for that one to tune in over the weekend. But again, slippery roads certainly could be an issue Friday night, Saturday morning, so everyone has been warned. Uh, But otherwise, we should be back to dry weather and some sunshine Saturday afternoon. I think we're all looking forward to
0: that. (laughs) Amen. Thanks for joining us. Jordan Armstrong is here at 11 with all the latest news throughout the evening. Have a great night.